Welcome to this episode of Mia Lux and Love, brought to you by Levette, an intentional dating platform for self-aware singles. Open now and free, so if you're done with the dating apps, make sure you check out levette.love. And today we're exploring the question, why do we sometimes self-sabotage the good, healthy love that we want? It can be so frustrating when we consciously want to create something, but we find that we're behaving in ways that really undermine that. And so today we're going to experience this sort of the journey of like, why do we have these inner barriers? Where do they come from? And more importantly, what to do about them. And this is really the realm of today's guest, Dr. Ezie Spencer, who she's actually a former human rights lawyer who ended up creating this incredible methodology called Relove. And she, you know, she works with clients one-on-one and group programs. She's a best-selling author and really to help people to find the patterns in their lives they're stuck on and to heal them and move through so they can create the delicious, healthy love lives they want. And so today she's going to help me answer this question of what these inner barriers to love are and how we can stop sabotaging ourselves. Welcome to this episode of Mia Lux and Love, brought to you by Levette, an intentional dating platform for self-aware singles. Open now and free, so if you're done with the dating apps, make sure you check out levette.love. And today we're exploring the question, why do we sometimes self-sabotage the good, healthy love that we want? It can be so frustrating when we consciously want to create something, but we find that we're behaving in ways that really undermine that. And so today we're going to experience this sort of the journey of like, why do we have these inner barriers? Dr. Spencer, thank you so much for joining us to dig into this question of why on earth do we sabotage ourselves in dating? Because people who are single, I mean, gosh, when you're single and you're looking for love, it can feel like the most important thing that you want, you're yearning for, you're putting all this effort into it, all this money into it. And yet at these crucial moments when we're meeting people or beginning relationships or even just getting on any of the systems to start dating, we can be our own worst enemies. <laughs> and, you know, as a creator of the Relove methodology, I know you've helped so many thousands of people help to address this issue of self-sabotage. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us and, and walking us through this today. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you about all this. So maybe we can just start with this idea of, you know, like what, like what does self-sabotage look like? Because I mean, obviously there are just some obstacles we have to overcome. There are things that are hard, but what's the difference between challenges and like self-sabotage specifically? I love that question. And so what I would say is the core (laughs) element is pattern. And so everybody's always going to have challenges, right? Like we're always going to be in a conversation with life. And so we need to respond to other people's experiences and free will all the time. But if what we are finding is that there is a pattern, for example, we are always selecting unavailable people or we're always hearing the same thing over and over inside of our relationships and we end up feeling hurt and disappointed and discouraged, then that's a sign that there may be some sabotage going on, although our unconscious mind would probably call it something different. Our unconscious mind would probably call it protection. Protection. Well, okay, well, this is this is a very interesting point, right? I want I want to park that to come back to shortly because I, lo- I love that this could be something more than just self-sabotage, um, which again, like we talk about this in a way like, oh, we're doing something terrible to ourselves. Uh, but the patterns, 
how do we look at and map our patterns? Like if someone's like, oh, I don't know, how would I know? What is one way you would advise somebody to kind of figure out what their patterns are? I love that. And so the first thing that I would do is look through the lens of three main categories that I find when my clients are, are finding that they're just coming up against those patterns over and over. And the first one would be fear-based. So is there something on a really deep level that you're afraid of? And it is actually probably going to be on a deep level, right? Like from that conscious mind level, again, it's like, I want to be in love. Of course, I want to be in a relationship, you know, but on an unconscious level, do you feel that a relationship is going to diminish your life in some way? Or do you feel like you might lose your freedom or get trapped, for example? The second category is around a feeling of worthiness and lovability. So again, on a really deep level, do you feel like you are worthy of being cherished and adored and really loved? Again, of course, on an intellectual level, you're going to feel like you deserve love. Like, of course you do. But it's like, how are you feeling inside of your body? You know, that's going to be a worthiness thing. And then a third way that it can show up is when you have something unresolved from a previous relationship. So if there's like a loop open inside of yourself, if you're still beating yourself up again about something that you said or did, or, you know, if there's not been the resolution necessary to put something to bed, if you're still hurting, you know, that can be another way that, um, that one of these patterns can show up. That's interesting. So it's like, we can, it can kind of come from different places. And I'm guessing like, if we have one of these patterns, how it's going to show up is by obstructing us in our process. Is that right? Absolutely. And so it will come down to also our behavior really is going to tell the tale, right? And so are we not just attracting, but then also choosing to continue to invest in the kind of people who are ultimately going to cause us heartbreak down the track? As in, and a fear-based example of that is when you're choosing someone who, again, is unavailable, whether or not they have a partner or they live in another city and have no plans to live in your city you know or if you are again you know choosing someone who's actually not willing and able to step into a real emotional experience you know um because like i know when you're watching it like if you have a friend that's dating and we can it's so obvious when you're seeing another person you're like wow she's setting herself up to fail like she says she wants a she wants to get married and have kids but she keeps choosing people who can't, are not in a position to do that with her or do not want to create that, right? And like, it's so, it, but when, we, when we're doing it, it, it doesn't feel like that, right? Like I think about my own patterns that I had to work through to overcome. Honest to God, I, the amount of times I chose the same wrong person, but could tell you why it's different this time. No, this is not the same. This is different. Here's why, right? Like, I like argue and negotiate with myself. And I think, you know, I don't think I'm alone in doing that. So I'm curious, like any advice you have for someone like I was who can't even see their own pattern? <laughs> like, is there a way to bring visibility <laughs> to our behavior so we can start with actually like seeing what's stuck? Yeah, and I'd say that the first way to get that visibility is to really be real with yourself about what emotions you are actually feeling. And they may not be emotions that you're feeling like with a specific person in a moment, right? You might be feeling happy love emotions because you've met someone else, right? You know, but on a deeper level, when you're tuning into yourself and you're considering like, what is it that I need in relationship? Do you feel on a deep level, actually a little guilty around having needs? Do you feel a little 
ashamed for even wanting what it is that you want. Those kind of emotions can be clues or markers that can bring to the surface something that may be running, <laughs> running in our unconscious minds and actually shaping our thoughts and our actions and our behavior. I love that. I love the idea of taking the feelings because it's funny, we can we can want something consciously. So like you were saying, say, well, ah, oh, I want a relationship. But if you give yourself that opportunity to go, well, how does it, when I imagine being in a relationship, how does it feel? And if you have a fear of like, I'm going to lose my identity or I'm going to be trapped, that feeling will come up, right? I had that with kids when I was trying to figure out if I wanted children, I, in my mind wanted children, but then every time I felt about it, I had this deep fear and had, it took me a long time to figure out what that was to heal it, right? So it's like, I really love that you're tapping into that. Okay, so you really give yourself a chance to feel those feelings and then let that be the guide to finding what that pattern is, okay. Totally. And another one, which I love that example as well, that feeling of being trapped where again, you might consciously be like winning that, but then when you're actually paying attention to the fear that comes up, it's like, ah! And another one may be a feeling that someone is going to go away from you or someone's not going to like you unless you show up as the perfect partner, that you do all of the things, you know, that they might possibly like want in order for them to like pick you or choose you or want you, you know, and obviously those ultimately lead into the kind of unfilling relationship dynamics on, on both sides, right? You know, they may, it might seem great <laughs> to have someone who's just going to be at your service, but of course it's not equal partnership. Um, and similarly, you know, ultimately that's going to lead to a feeling of depletion and bitterness and resentment on your part as well if you play out some of those like over-responsibility or people-pleasing patterns. So paying attention to all of that, you know, as well. Ooh, but... I hear that. So, it's, I mean, it sounds like the, these different patterns come in all kinds of flavors. So maybe we can speak a little bit to, you know, where they come from. What, like, where do these different patterns and blocks and fears that stop us going for what we want, like, how do we end up with in the state? Yeah, I mean, a past experience for sure. And so I think anyone who has been an adult and dated, modern moment or had relationships in the modern age is going to have some scars to tell the tale and obviously just because we have these experiences doesn't mean that we're doomed by the way right they're markers they're pointers towards you know how we can create that beautiful exceptional love um you know but we also don't have to usually look too much further than say the childhood home and what kind of behavioral modeling we saw what kind of experiences or messages we got from primary caregivers Family imprinting can go back through generations, but then also, you know, you could have the most loving and ideal and stable family and you're still going to be exposed to society writ large, right, you know? And so you can pick up, if you're a sensitive chorus-like person, you're going to pick up all kinds of imprinting around how you're supposed to be and, you know, feeling ashamed about your body or feeling ashamed about your sexuality is obviously going to be one of the big ones, particularly when we come to, to love and dating and relating. I mean, who is immune from that? You know, just living and being a human being in the world is enough to really be in a place of, of often, again, unconsciously internalizing a lot of this, um, a lot, a lot of this deep stuff. And so having awareness around it and being honest about it and being honest about what our feelings really are, but then also what our desires are, you know, <laughs> not talking ourselves out of love, if that's actually a true desire, which is emanating from our hearts, you know, really honoring that longing 
that's actually going to be the bridge into being able to dissolve and transform and even alchemize some of these um these, these deeper patterns well it's funny you talk about the desire because i think i think sometimes our fear of not getting what we want or the fear that we'll be disappointed has us like cut off from our desire and i know a lot of people who are single have spoken to their protection mechanism in the moment is to pretend they don't really care oh well i'm not yeah. i'm i'm super happy on my own i don't really mind like you know and, and just sort of like in some ways disconnect from the desire for love because of that disappointment um which actually reminded me i want to go back to what we parked which is protection mechanisms um before we move on to this so just uh, quickly you had mentioned that self-sabotage could be also called protection and maybe just to elaborate on that a little yeah i love that um and i love that yeah for sure I just, straight away i was getting the image of the walled fortress which is the island which i think so many of us live on metaphorically of course right and you can be inside of your own metaphorical island even inside of a relationship right you know it's not like you are isolated in your home and um, protecting yourself that way you can be showing up in the world but then using for example that cynicism or that sense of like yeah no I don't even want that as a um as like an energetic barrier as a guardrail so then people don't even have the opportunity to see you or to sense who you really are and to come into that intimacy right and again like the unconscious mind is being your friend around that like at the unconscious <laughs> on the unconscious level you deeply do believe that like relationships are incredibly damaging and that doesn't necessarily mean that they could be like physically abusive you know although certainly that could have been an experience right in which case of course like why would you then want to be in a relationship that would make make perfect sense but another example of how a relationship may be damaging to the unconscious mind is for example as a younger person you may have seen like a primary caregiver give up a career or give up dreams you know and so as an young person and again you know even as an adult you might make a decision to say no no I don't want to do that I don't want to give up my dreams in life I would I want to have that and you know the thing is is that as we continue to grow up as adults as we continue to grow and move and change through the world if we don't take care and we don't pay attention to what it is that we've put on ice you know and, and tucked away perhaps in a little compartment inside of our unconscious <laughs> <laughs> then the problem is that that continues to run the show and there can come a point where that becomes really outmoded, right? Like you might, for example, have kicked all the career goals that you ever wanted to kick or perhaps you've come to a stage in your evolution where you realise that you could be in a relationship which elevates your career. Those two things could go together really well and be a win-win, like that's something you could create. And that also could be an opportunity available to you that may not have been available to, you know, just say for the purposes of this example, the primary caregiver that you might have looked at, you know, at an earlier stage, right? So, you know, it's really important to pay attention to, to firstly, the desires inside of the heart, but then also some of the emotional clues about some of the frustration that you're experiencing, particularly when you're encountering resistance as you try to move towards your conscious goals and you're experiencing that push-pull effect, something countervailing operating underneath the surface, which is somehow preventing you from opening up and welcoming in what it is that you desire or like leaving that walled fortress and coming out into the world where you're actually available, you know, to connect with people in a meaningful way. Yes, I mean, that's, and that's, when you think of it that way as well, like I just think, I know you teach a lot about like compassion, self-forgiveness, really understanding why we have these things, how they operate, where they came from. 
I think can liberate us from that, you know, the, so much of the damaging self-talk that comes next, right? Because the idea that, well, there's something wrong with us or I'm not capable of love, you know, all the stuff that can come out of, let's say, these experiences of protecting withdrawing, then have like this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy because we then make it mean something about us versus like, you, like you're saying, if it's, we learned this from family, society, other relationships, like, you know, this is the stuff that we've been mapping. It's not necessarily something inherently about us, right? I love that. And self-compassion and self-forgiveness is absolutely the medicine. Like that is the self-love formula to take you through a process of like no longer fighting with yourself. And so much of the challenges we experience is as a result of the conscious mind wanting one thing and the unconscious mind going in the other direction. So therefore there's the internal discord, which, you know, we all know is extremely unpleasant and takes a lot of energy and a lot of force and effort to try to get over that through a sense of like will alone or mental determination alone. And that can be really, um, challenging when people are go-getters like they're out there in the world they're used to being able to set a goal and then devise a plan and then take the steps and then get to the place where they want to be you know when you come up against some of this um you know honestly a, a lot of like repressed emotional stuff and, and deep beliefs you know then it can be really really challenging to realize I might need to do something a little different here, you know, in order to get the result that I want. And so again, the medicine there, having that sense of compassion with yourself, forgiving yourself, it's not your fault. Like we are all kind of defenseless, honestly. Like I don't think anyone on the planet is immune from being imprinted <laughs> with this stuff. You know, as humans, I think it's part of the human condition. We are born with like, you know, this sense of like, you know, having having a, a, an openness to feeling ashamed about ourselves or think there's something wrong with us or, or feeling guilty for wanting what it is that we want. You know, that's part of the coding, I think, of the human condition as well. And so, you know, whilst all of that, I think, plays important like survival functions in terms of, you know, perhaps maybe maybe even earlier incarnations, you know, of the human experience. I think that you want, one thing that's really is exciting now is to know that we can be internal alchemists inside of ourselves. Like we can use this formula. We can feel that self-compassion. And, and the key here is to feel it. We actually need to feel it. It's not like thinking, <laughs> okay, I feel compassionate with myself. No, we actually need to feel it as physical sensations inside of our body. And feeling those emotions can actually have little moments of, of being a little uncomfortable, which is a sign you're doing it right. You know, and then opening your heart to yourself, really allowing yourself to 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 come off the hook like not not continuing to internalize blame and responsibility for something that is simply not your fault and from that place choosing to create a new pathway in life for yourself turning it around with tremendous amounts of gratitude actually for your own ability to even walk this path and, and that's it's like this is such high level consciousness like this this degree of engagement with our own minds our own psyches how the ability to like you said i love that like the internal alchemy i mean this is truly extraordinary stuff and especially in this area which is so important so then you know, i'm sure anyone listening is sort of dying to hear then you know once you've sort of identified these patterns and you know you can see where it came from and you're having compassion for yourself and forgiveness but you want to change it you want like you said to write a new story how <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's, a, it's 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 almost like it's an algorithm which you need to 
actually take yourself through, if you will. So it's like starting with that sense of, well, where do you want to go? Like, what's the motivation? And it needs to be true motivation. Like it actually needs to emanate from within. So you need to ask your heart. Like you can't just be pulling in more external conditioning about what your direction and focus is. Like if you don't genuinely want to be in a relationship, then, then don't pick that as a goal. You know, it needs to be a true desire for for intimacy, you know, and, and connection, um, you know, and, and, and being really honest with yourself about what is actually coming up. So observing those patterns of behavior, observing your own emotions, that could be like frustration at myself. <laughs> I feel really annoyed that I can't do this. I'm exactly aspirated rather than trying to skip over the feelings and going into positive self-talk you know and and say oh you know it's not meant to be for me in this lifetime or whatever no it absolutely is if you want it to be it absolutely is meant to be you know to be honest with that feeling of pain or disappointment feel be honest with the feeling of sadness feel honest be honest with yourself about that feeling like there's something inside of you that's damaged or broken you know there's not of course there's not but if you're feeling that there is you must feel that feeling first and foremost you know to the extent that that feels comfortable and and, and possible for you to do you know but then coming into that beautiful place straight away of then really feeling that self-compassion running that algorithm allowing yourself to really say those words out loud I feel compassionate with myself because it wasn't like my fault like yeah, I feel compassionate with myself because I didn't have great examples I forgive myself you know it makes perfect sense that I've tried to protect myself in this way because why would I want to replicate an earlier experience in relationship why would I want to get into a relationship when I didn't feel like I was worthy of love you know of course that would have set me up for like terrible uh you know a terrible experience a terrible relationship dynamic you know but incredibly risky you know, so of course it makes perfect sense, you know, I forgive myself. And then coming into that place of gratitude, really singling out any kind of quality or attribute that has got you to this place, including this incredible tenacity to just keep going, you know, in the face of continued, you know, hardship and challenge. And we all know that dating in the modern moment involves that, you know, an incredible willingness and openness to keep going. And then ultimately what we want to do is we do want to do the final step, which is come back into our true state. And our true state is actually one of real love and also personal power, you know. And so really choosing the opposite of the emotion that led you into the experience. So if you feel frustrated, then feel confident about your ability to make better choices because now you've decided now it is time, you know, I'm going to change the pattern. I'm going to take whatever the next step is as well. You know, I'm going to get some help. I'm going to get some support. I'm going to read a book about self-love. I'm going to join LaVette, like whatever it is, like take an actual action step, you know, but do it from a place which is actually grounded in confidence, in strength, you know, in a sense of pride and joy, you know, in yourself and excitement and delight about all that is coming because that is the truth. That is extraordinary. I, just, I love that so much because that whole arc takes us from a pattern of self-sabotage and disappointment and heartbreak to using that as a portal, like, to, to, like you're saying, of inner alchemy to like, find and heal and then like transform it into what you actually want which I love and you know I know it's I know that it is a lot of it takes a lot of courage I know that you know the one of the things I so admire about you know the way that you help and support your clients is and one of the reasons why I always advise people to work with someone like who's an amazing professional like Izzy is because sometimes you need to like lean on someone for those moments when you need that courage because you know, facing the fears of the past, facing the patterns, facing the original stuff that created challenge can be really hard, right? But the magic on the other side, I mean, that's where all the freedom lies. That's where the healthy love lies. 
And I'm just, I just, I'm so grateful to you for creating a map. For those of you who don't know uh, Dr. Spencer's work, she created the Relove Methodology, which is really an amazing roadmap for love and creating love in oneself for oneself, but then also being in healthy relationship. And um, just the, the pattern and the, the processes she's created to help clients is incredible. So if you haven't checked her out before, you can see in the show notes, we've linked everything to her. Um, you can go follow her on Instagram. She has amazing content there and go check out her website for her offerings if you want to work with her. I especially recommend working one-to-one. -one. I mean, I've had the extraordinary benefit of her wisdom over many years. And I have to say, like, I wouldn't have the life and the love I have now without her incredible insights over the years. So uh, Dr. Spencer, thank you so much for joining us and taking us on that beautiful arc. One quick question before we jump off, which is if you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone out there who's single one thing, what would it be? <laughs> I really feel like self-love is the secret self-love is the secret to it all and it doesn't mean that you need to like have all of your ducks in a self-loving row <laughs> like before you begin right you know that can be another form of perfectionism but just committing to the journey of self-love that you are incredibly lovable as you are you know that is going to unlock so many you know amazing doors beautiful and well, thank you, thank you, you so much again. And uh, for those listening, again, check out the show notes. And if you are single in your dating and you don't want to be on the apps, do make sure you check out Levette and you can apply for membership now. Dr. Spencer is actually one of our community leaders. So she has amazing content. She's created for Levette in there and she does masterclasses. So that's another great way to work with her uh, and to work with us at the same time. And we'll see you at the next episode. <laughs>